Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. This episode is proudly sponsored by Vivino, the world's largest online wine marketplace. The Vivino app makes it easy to choose wine. Enjoy expert team support, door-to-door delivery, and honest wine reviews to help you choose the perfect wine for every occasion. Vivino, download the app on Apple or Android and discover an easier way to choose wine. My name's Stevie Kim, everybody, and this is the Italian Wine Club on the Clubhouse. I know this is not our usual Thursday slot, but sometimes we have to make exceptions to accommodate different time zones and schedules. Today is one of those. Today's call is our 12th installment of the Ambassador's Corner series on Clubhouse. As most of you recall, Ambassador's Corner is where Italian wine ambassadors like Susanna and what I like to call the Mod Squad, who are others from the Italian wine ambassadors community, to get a chance to nominate and interview their favorite Italian wine producers on Clubhouse. So today we have, um, of course, Alicia and Susanna Gold as the mod. Next week, we're back to the Thursday slot, and we have Tanya Morningstar Darling, who will be interviewing Donatella Cinelli Colombina. And then the week after that, it's 7th of October, and we have Slavek Kominski, a number one Italian wine podcast listener and our neo-Italian wine ambassador as well, will interview Michele Scienza. Michele Scienza is the son of um, Attilio Scienza. So, and so he talks a lot, just like um, Attilio. So watch out for that. And then we have, the week after that, Mark Millen, who will be interviewing Mario Fontana of Cascina. So look out for those um, up in the coming weeks. As you know, this room will be recorded and probably um, replayed on the Italian Wine Podcast. And as usual, I have a, I've got a small ask. If you know what, you know, you know what we do here, right? I mean, it's nobody gets paid and Italian Wine Podcast is absolutely a labor of love from me, myself, Joy and Laika and the entire gang, including the Italian Wine Ambassadors. Speaking of which, Laika just sent me a note, rightly so, because I don't know if you know, Attilio Scienza was um, declared the awardee of the Premio Nazionale Masi per la Civiltà del Vino. So that's like, you know, the man of the year kind of award for uh, from Fondazione Masi. So we're very, very excited about that. There is a kind of a powwow celebration 
on the 24th of October. If anyone is interested in attending, or I think it, it will also be streamed live. So if you if you go to the Italian Wine Podcast, and if you can give a thumbs up to the Italian Wine Podcast and rate our podcast wherever you get your pods, we'd really, really appreciate that. So I'd like to now go and introduce our host ambassador, Susanna Gold today, who will be interviewing Alicia Lini. So Susanna... Actually, she's a sister of a friend of mine. I've met Susanna years ago because I went to, I did my MBA with her sister, Lisa, who I've not seen it in the longest time. And um, Susanna started her wine career way, way, way before I did. I think she holds like 1,000 certificates in the wine arena. But the most important one and the only important one actually is she is also a Italian wine ambassador from the Vinitaly International Academy, of course. Hence, our host moderator today. She is an educator. She's a woman who is very talented in doing many things, an educator, journalist, communications. She does anything you ask her to do. She's also, I believe, the ambassador for uh, the Consortium of Lugana. And recently, also Oltrepo Pavese. Is that? Yeah, it is. It is Oltrepo Pavese, exactly. The Lombard regions at the moment. Yeah, and she has written for many, many magazines and periodicals. So listen, Susanna, the question I always ask are, of course, why did you choose Alicia Lini as your favorite producer to be interviewed today? So I chose Alicia Lini because I'm a huge Lambrusco fan and Lini Lambrusco is an incredibly iconic and fantastic version of Lambrusco. And I picked Alicia to feature because she's such a big proponent of Lambrusco and I really admire her spirit and kind of she's been everywhere uh, you know, as a proponent of Lambrusco. And also I've been doing a grape series and I'm up to the L varieties and I happen to be right at Lambrusco. So it kind of, everything worked together. That's fantastic. So when did you discover the wines of Lini? So actually um, I I went to graduate school in Bologna and that's when I discovered Lambrusco, but I discovered the wines of of, um, Lini actually when I came back to the United States uh, through Jeremy Parson. Oh, I know the dude. So Jeremy is a huge What's his blog called? I can't remember. Uh, Dobianchi. Right, right. Dobianchi. Yes. And he's a huge fan of Alicia's wines. And so he was always talking about them and writing about them. And I was like, you know, these are Lambrusco wines that I haven't yet tasted. So let me taste them. And then I tasted them and understood immediately why he was so interested in these wines. Okay, great. So we're really looking forward to um, hearing your interview with her, your fireside chat. But you know, you know, we're kind of geeky here at VIA, the Italian Wine Club. So what are the learning objectives um, that we should expect from the both of you today? So first of all, I think what we should look at is that Lambrusco is a fantastic quality wine. And that's really what I want people to come away from this chat, thinking about forgetting about the way past of Lambrusco. I know the high level of everyone in this group. And so people think of Lambrusco as a great wine, but I just want to reinforce that understanding. And then 
the understanding that there are many varieties in the Lambrusco family. I believe there are 60, but there are a couple that are people really focus on. And I wanted to get Alicia's take on the different Lambrusco that her family focuses on, the Lambrusco variety, I mean. Okay, then that sounds fantastic. I have my drink ready, my wine. It's not Lambrusco, but it'll do for now. So I'll just okay. shut up. This is the, the part where I shut up and I get to drink my wine. And to you. Okay, um, I'm going to introduce Alicia. So Alicia Lini represents the fourth generation of the family, producers of some of Italy's most acclaimed and highly rated sparkling wines. They, if you see their logo, it says Lini 1910, and that's when they first established their winery in a town called Correggio, which is in the Reggio Emilia province, in Emilia Romagna, of course. Uh, they're not a family that's really into the trends of Lambrusco, so they've always made dry Lambrusco. That's what they make, that's what they've made, and that's what they're focused on. on. They do traditional hand riddling. Um, and they focus on having wines that are fresh with bright fruit flavors and that are really fruit friendly. Um, about Alicia personally, she started her career in a totally different uh, industry that has something actually to do with her name, I've learned just today. Um, <laughs> she was a ballerina in another part of her life. So um, let's, can I ask my first question to Alicia? Of course, I'm here. Can you tell us a little bit about when your family winery was founded? I said it was 1910, but can you tell us a little bit more? Yes, yeah, so it was my great grandfather that started to produce wine and balsamic vinegar. Uh, the wine was already sparkling because we are in the land of Lambrusco. And we also, the generation of my grandfather, the generation after, start to experience also the Pinot Noir. So basically the family is focused on sparkling wine. Lambrusco is 80% of the production plus this 20% of Pinot Noir and the balsamic vinegar. It's a big passion that moved my family uh, to, to focus on quality and resist also during the years where when Lambrusco was exported in a very cheap and yeah, low level. Uh, so we always focus on that and we uh, have been the first to start to experience also Lambrusco through not just the Charma, but also classic method, Metodo Classico. Can we talk about which Lambrusco variety your family has really focused on? Since the beginning is Lambrusco Salamino and Lambrusco Sorbara, because as you said, from the beginning, we are under the province of Reggio Emilia, but we are not far away from Carpi, which is already under Modena. So we probably got the influences from Modena and uh, we reinforce uh, our belonging in uh, Reggio Emilia in, you know, together with uh, Salamino, Ancelotta and Sorbara, the three of them. The three of them. But I think that probably Salamino represents, we are not far from Santa Croce, we are very close. So from, from you know, I think that Salamino represents most of my family because, uh, for example, the classic method that we produce is 100% Salamino. So can you tell us a little bit about that classic method? Because that's interesting. Do you consider, is that a frizzante wine or is it a spumante? No, it's, it's a spumante. spumante. Okay. Yes. It's a spumante and it's a BSQ, it's vino spumante di qualità. And uh, this is an amazing, an amazing experience that really 
characterize our family in uh, the research and uh, I think in something that uh, we start um, in between year 50 and 60 and we never stop to re-experience uh, every, every year. Everything is millesime. We produce a Grand Cuvée of Lambrusco and uh, something very romantic if you consider even the past about Lambrusco and my family that you know try to challenge themselves uh, itself in uh, uh, spending years uh, in order to obtain a bottle of Lambrusco instead uh, to to invest hours or just a few days yeah let's talk about that too because so Lambrusco can be made into a spumante it can also be made into a frizzante so you do both the classic method and the charmat method but your charmat is a long charmat is that right it's a very long Charmat. You can obtain Lambrusco even in a week time. Our, you know, entry level, our um, first product is obtained between three uh, or four months, a natural fermented long Charmat uh, in a big recipient. And this is a way to obtain um, um, where the, the bubbling is really incorporated into the wine and uh, we are able in this way to obtain uh, something very elegant, uh, even if uh, the Lambrusco is a simple, is an everyday life uh, wine. What about, um, so is Lambrusco always a blend? I know you said that your classic method is 100% Salimino, but is, are the other wines blends or are they all 100% the different varieties? No, for example, our rosé, our premium line, the rosé uh, is 50% Salamino and 50% Sorbara. Or in the Labrusca line, which is very uh, well distributed in the United States, um, is uh, 85% Salamino and 15% Sorbara. That's interesting. So it's kind of a decision of the different producers. So according to the legislation, it can be both. What about your favorite Lambrusco pairings? Do you have favorite <laughs> pairings? No, I, you know, I always say no because they are very different. Lambrusco is a very big family. And even if uh, our Lambrusco is under the Lini family, sometimes I, I really enjoy a glass of Lambrusco Rosé. Sometimes uh, I really looking for a Lambrusco Scuro that is a little bit darker. Sometimes uh, I cannot stay without a glass of Metodo Classico. It's like uh, if I ask you which is your favorite shoes, yeah, no, no, that's that's true. But do you do you have do you feel like Lambrusco matches with different kinds of food? Do you ever drink Lambrusco with sushi, for example? Yes, yes, I love a method classical with the sushi and sashimi. I enjoy so much the rosé version with uh, with the fish in general, even you know poor fish, sardoncini fritti or a risotto with the frutti di mare uh, or with the tuna. I like this. I love Lambrusco uh, scuro with the plates of capelletti in brodo. Uh, I like... You're making like, me seriously uh, hungry now. <laughs> and I enjoy so much a glass of Lambrusco with, with the pizza. I joined once uh, with Stevie uh, a clubhouse on pizza and the match with the wines and uh, Lambrusco came up. And, and I love also, I don't know, some bread with a chuga of Cantabrico and uh, a glass of Lambrusco white or bianco, which is Lambrusco Salamino 100%. It's a very huh. food-friendly glass. How do, you, how do you make it bianco? 
there is no skin contact. Okay. And uh, my family in the past started to produce Malvasia. Then at some point they stop and they start to experience Lambrusco Bianco because uh, they have been attracted in the past and even today uh, about uh, France, uh, Champagne, awards uh, and everything. And at some point we, my family started to consider the idea that uh, from uh, we can obtain uh, um, a white Lambrusco uh, a blanc de noir of Lambrusco, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and this is works, so it works. Are you the only family that makes a a white Lambrusco? I think I've only had one other one. I think a few, but just because sometimes it's more expensive to produce it because there are some technical operation that you can add to the entire process, and uh, you have to be well affirmed into the market in order to be recognized for. A certain quality so you cannot produce a white lambrusco and then fight on a bad level so sometimes it doesn't worth it and for my family it makes mm. that's so interesting what about um, are there aspects of your terroir? what's the terroir like where you you have your vineyards that contribute to to the the lambruscos that you make does the, does the soil have a lot of... Yeah, I have to say that uh, Lambrusco, um, I think, um, is really improving now uh, also in the vineyards, but sometimes uh, the mechanical uh, picked up uh, just compromise sometimes, sometimes the, the, uh, the quality. And uh, I think that the, um, the quality you can obtain is uh, about the terroir. It's true that the good wine born in the vineyards. So the selection is the base of everything. Um, my family is really um, maniac about that. But it's also the time of fermentation and the, the, all the process that we um, have in the, in the winery, in the cantina, that makes mm-hmm. the difference. And um, and I think that once I tried to ask to my dad about the prior material, the terroir right, and everything, right. and he answered me in this way, say, Alicia, we decided to uh, focus on quality. And there are many, many factors that contribute to the final quality. And uh, sometimes uh, we can focus on grapes in general, but if me and you, we go to Champagne, uh, we pick up the grapes of Don Perignon and we come back and we try to produce Don Perignon, doesn't come up Don Perignon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I just uh, understood the the easy, quick uh, sample that he wanted to to share with me, just to, to make me reconsider all the aspects that contribute to the final quality. So you know that that picture on your website that that looks like a rock band. Are those your brothers or your cousins? Like you and two handsome men. Who are those people? Yeah. Are they your brothers or they're yeah. your cousins? Yeah, we are very cozy. Yeah, we love this project because we really we really fight in order to make it, and we are a family team, and we are proud to 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 be together but not a rock band no we are not a rock band <laughs> no but you look because that photo it just really makes you guys look like a rock band so i digress no we're we not about... a rock band but what no. we are doing is rock that's that's true 
That is true. A symphony, <laughs> everything that happens in your in your winery and in your amazing wines. So can we talk about how you see Lambrusco sort of globally and in particular in the U.S. market where I am? I think that we have an amazing perspective in front of us. And uh, I don't know, you know our story. Uh, you know how much uh, we, we fight in order to affirm our name, uh, the distribution and everything. But I think um, we have a real chance uh, if we really focus on quality and uh, if we are focused together with other producers. To make Lambrusco more of a household name, you mean, in a, in a, a different view of Lambrusco? In being real, Susanna, in being authentic, in not building any story behind and just... Uh, uh, there is this uh, time of storytelling, uh, but the storytelling has to be true and has to be consistent. Uh, and uh, anything has to be fake uh, for the next years. Uh, and I think that everybody has a nice story to tell if it's true. And let's can we can we talk about if I'm tasting Lambrusco in a glass blind, let's say because a lot of people who are listening are professionals or, you know, really serious wine people. So how do I know that I'm tasting Lambrusco? Quality Lambrusco. You're tasting Lini or you're tasting Lambrusco? <laughs> um, well, how about, let's start with Lini and then how about Lambrusco in general? No, no. Um, I think uh, that you, uh, if you approach a red sparkling wine, it's not difficult to focus on uh, Lambrusco immediately because bracchetto is, can be sweet, but also, you know, Lambrusco, you can find it sweet or Bonarda, or I think that the low alcohol that is inside the glass of Lambrusco, I think that this is probably um, a characteristic that can put you in the condition to recognize the Lambrusco. Okay, so that's a and marker. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think and if it's dry and authentic, when you huh? drink Lambrusco, you really want to enjoy food with. I think that the connection is not just about a glass of wine, but a wine that connects your sense to to something to eat. I don't know if I answer you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's if I'm I'm t if I'm tasting Lambrusco generally blind. What if I'm tasting a Lini Lambrusco blind? What will I be getting in my glass? What will make me say, oh, this is a legal <laughs> It's a legal drug. <laughs> One, I think that my dad has, a, who is the analogy, has a particular focus on the elegancy. Uh, so okay. you're approaching something very simple, uh, but uh, you recognize that behind this, uh, there is a, a, an unbelievable research and studies uh, on, uh, on the balance. Uh, he really loves elegancy. He really likes uh, simplicity in terms of, uh, he doesn't like anything that has to be too much, too sweet, too acid, too dry, too sparkling, too. So you, he always says that the wine that you really enjoy is the one that is like a music that is uh, in the room, but then you forget what you are listening because it's just really compenetrate uh, in your body and mind that's a great that's a that's that's a great answer i don't know if i have any more time or if i should open the floor or stevie opens the floor to questions 
I don't know. Stevie? I'm going to um, bring Paul up because he actually raised his hand from the get-go. Let me try to get him up. Um, Paul Bologna, of course, he's our um, your fellow Italian wine ambassador. Listen, Alicia, while we bring um, Paul up, and uh, for those of you in the audience, if you'd like to ask a question, this is a good time to raise your hand, and I'll bring, we'll bring you up onto the stage. Paul, I'm trying to bring you up. I'm, I've invited you. Now you just have to accept. Let's try to do that. Listen, Alicia, in the meantime, can you give me, of course, you know, um, kind of the, give me the lowdown with regards to how many labels you have in total? And we what is in lines? See. Okay. And no, what is we the produce three lines? Two are Charmat. Uh, we have La Brusca, uh, which has been considered also from Wine Spectator the best sparkling wine in the world under $20. So this value quality price, La Brusca Bianco, Rosé and Red and Rosso. And then we have Incorreggio Line, uh, still Charmat, but he is uh, more fermented because the La Brusca is obtained between three and four months and the Incorreggio Line between... Uh, six or seven, so yeah. just double. And then we have uh, Pinot Noir, Padosé, um, Metodo Classico Rosé, and uh, Lambrusco Metodo Classico. That is something that you, probably you tasted in opera wine. Which one did uh, we taste will, in opera wine? Um, it was uh, Metodo Classico Rosso, Millesime 2006. And, and how, like, what is the production, like, in terms of volume of it's these? 10,000 bottles every year. Oh my goodness, that's so like tiny. You can drink it yes, basically in your tiny. family. <laughs> we just make the remouche manually, Stevie, and we make the degorgement manually. We sign every single bottle manually. So it's a hard work uh, compared to also the, the Charma that uh, uh, we just bottle twice, uh, maximum three times a year. Oh my so goodness. So, like, what? Uh, that's really a. What about the other other wines? How many do you? I mean, how many? No, bottles? we produce three hundred thousand bottles in total. Three hundred thousand bottles in total, but we are a tears uh, in a in a I don't know in the ocean. Really, we are very small. Oh, you're really in terms of that. Lambrusco producers. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah. sharing that wine with me. Too bad I didn't get a chance to drink. You know, have a drop of any of that, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the problem is like running up our wine is like time to drink my glass of now the cv i want to just text you and say look it's impossible the next time is gonna be possible this um that you drink another not another wine but even another typology so you need to to have our lambrusco just to taste yeah to i can i can when you yeah the problem is like you know when you're running these events it's like you know it's like you're the bride and you know of the um of a wedding right you never get to eat the food the taste of food you're just it's too true. busy running around right i there's so many great wines we had 187 um, wines, the, the really the best of what Italy represents. But I do, do you know I didn't get a chance to drink a glass of anything? You know, it, it's not it's because true. they don't like me. It's just, you know, I didn't have time. Yeah. 
But so, um, yeah, that sounds, I can't wait to taste some of your wines. So Paul, you had your hand, um, raised since the get go. It must be really, really important. Hello. Yeah, no, I, that was a mistake, but I do have a question. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, you know, everyone's had a drink already tonight. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, my question is, well, I've been to Modena before, but I, I haven't gone out into the countryside to, to go wine tasting. What, what is that experience like? What would, so if I'm staying the night in Modena and I came out to visit your winery, is it open to the public? Is it, um, you know, what, what would the tasting entail? Do you mean if you visit Lini? Yes. You are always welcome to visit Lini. <laughs> That's oh, it. It's you? official. Everybody to Lini. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's like that. So we are we are not an organization. We are a family. And I remember that the first time that, uh, for example, Wine Book came, I was really embarrassed because I said, "Oh my God, we don't have nothing to uh, to show in a way." So we are as we are. But uh, we show our authenticity. So it's pane, salame, lambrusco, and a nice chat. And I, I see people that are joining us even tonight that just really already came. And uh, I saw Fermented Boss that was here. Now it's not anymore. And uh, no, he yeah. is, he uh, is. But he uh, just he changed is. his um, avatar. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Does it look familiar? <laughs> Paul, Paul. Ah! <laughs> now you can see it, right? No. <laughs> no, Paul, you're welcome. Everybody are welcome. You can write me an email and we, we can accord each other and, you know, based upon your and my agenda. And yeah. it's really a pleasure. You, you'll be sorry you've friend. said that now. It's, it's going to be like, you know... <laughs> It's my pleasure. 900 people in the Italian wine, uh, you know, community of Via, so... They are welcome. I, I mean it. Fant- I, I never, you know, when I say that I want to be authentic as my wine is, uh, I don't say anything if I don't feel and I don't think uh, what I'm saying, really, from from my heart. Everybody are welcome. Of course, that I, if I'm in New York or I'm in the seaside, <laughs> I will postpone the, the meeting. But, you know, if not, I'm, you know, a pleasure to have you here, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Fermented Boss, hello. Hello, how's everyone doing? Now I can hear you fine. But you know, in your recording, when you were you were interviewing Ariana, your your recording, your sound wasn't so great. But now it's perfect. Yeah, I was probably because I was in California. You know. Yeah, you know, California. They don't have Wi-Fi, right? They don't have good Wi-Fi. All right. Listen, Not like uh, New Jersey. Mr. Yeah. Fermented Boss, um, Hugh, do you, have you got a question for Alicia? Two things. First of all, I just wanted to tell Paul and anybody else to definitely uh, visit Lini because she showed me the winery, her balsamic, and uh, took me out and educated me on the local cuisine and what pairs best with uh, with the Lambrusco and his fantastic. What can you Thank tell you. us? Share some of those um, pairings. Um, yeah, I probably don't remember how to pronounce. Uh, yeah, but I know you're you're a man from you know New Jersey. I understand. 
<laughs> Thanks, Stevie. Hey, Stevie, Thanks. I'm from New Jersey too, and I can pronounce. That. I know, but you're 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 yeah, fluent in Italian. You're a woman, right, Susanna? Uh, yes, that's okay. Right, let's do. I... Try your best, Mister Priest. Gnocco fritto. Well, yes, exactly. You knew exactly what I was going to talk about. With culatello. <laughs> Yes. Wait, wait, Alicia, you're not... Let him. Give him a chance, the poor guy from New Jersey. Listen, Alicia is a wonderful, wonderful ambassador, and she helps me out very well. <laughs> and thank you very much. So uh, basically, it's, it's uh, fried dough, and um, they serve it with the local uh, charcuterie. And um, real simple dish, but it was fantastic with the fat of the dough and the fat of the, the meats and the lambrusco the acidity it just um it made my afternoon after a long flight from uh from new york so you know um i i can tell everybody uh, a big shout out to also melissa Laika, andre annie Curran, jody sheila uh, I saw other people before. Kevin was here before. We're going to start a new new series on the Vinicelli International Academy Instagram. So I think one day we're going to dedicate it to food and wine pairing. So you guys should send your, you know, favorite food and Italian wine pairing. That's just, you know, by the way. Um, did you have another question, Hugh? Well, I just wanted to ask Alicia to, to talk about her balsamic. I know we're, we're talking about Lambrusco today, but she all, they also produce a balsamic, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, the balsamic has the same uh, project of quality. You can find uh, something around that is not uh, authentic. And we just decided to produce uh, this uh, must-cooked and aged at least uh, 12 years in order to be called traditional. So uh, aceto balsamico tradizionale di Reggio Emilia has to be at least uh, 12 years old. So we produced the red lobster, the silver and the gold. And uh, it's, an amazing, uh, and it's an amazing experience uh, just to try and to, you know, the pairing with, uh, with the Parmigiano Reggiano, with the strawberry, with the ice cream, uh, based upon the, the age at, um, I think that uh, th there is a lot of to, to say about uh, balsamic, but in a way, I think that you have to trust uh, the producer um, and go through because uh, is um, uh, uh, it's something that you don't have many opportunity to taste and to record in your uh, mind and has a taste. So I think uh, it's going to be a cool experience if you visit us and we try different balsamic uh, together, really. So Alicia, um, you know, I had no idea you make a Lambrusco Bianco. What does that entail in terms of the winemaking process? Uh, there is no skin contact from the beginning because if you cut the grapes in the middle, the, the grapes uh, is always white. I mean Yes. Inside. Mm -hmm. So it's the skin that gives the colors to, uh, to everything. So there is no skin contact, uh, while, for example, there is just a skin contact for less than 24 hours for our rosé. And, um, and, and what the are the grapes? This Lambrusco Salamino 100%. Oh, okay. And it's the same grapes that my dad uh, um, uh, works uh, 
use for the metodo classico rosso. So when we start, cioè when I conduct uh, a wine tasting with our line, I start with a Lambrusco Bianco four months in a big recipient, natural fermented Charmat method. So drinkability, fruits, uh, it's very fruity, very food friendly, good as an aperitif, but very good uh, with the food. And I finish my family taste with uh, a metodo classico rosso millesime 2006 so 15 years in the bottles red and uh, from the beginning to the end is lambrusco cioè i open and i close with lambrusco salamino 100% so it's unbelievable the, the versatility of lambrusco grapes um, in order to cioè, considering the pairing but also consider the final results in terms of wine cioè are two completely different words, not two completely different wine. Ferment and Boss yeah. can confirm this. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that you're making such a small quantity, I mean, relatively small quantity of um, wine in terms of volume. Um, yeah. And so you your distribution is not exactly, you know, the supermarkets, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so how did you... Um, survive or how, how what was the pandemic uh, the past you know 18 months for you in terms of no. sales <laughs> and um the pandemic was a flower comparing to the past years because uh, my family has been the first to start to export lambrusco in the united states but then we have to step back uh, in the years where lambrusco just became too industrial and too sweet and too cheap so my family started to to realize that we couldn't even compete, uh, not just with that quality, but also with that kind of project. So we step back and we choose, uh, my family choose this uh, very pure position, you know, uh, molto purista, una scelta purista. Ma, mm-hmm. questa, ma questa, but this uh, purist uh, decision just uh, cut us uh, out from the market, basically, because in that years uh, the, uh, the Lambrusco was just cheap and sweet, and we refused to, to produce it. And, uh, and, the, um, and, and the other Italian wine or Italian style that represents the made in Italy was uh, red, uh, um, still... Uh, Uh, complex, uh, woody, very alcoholic wine. So we couldn't even play the championship of Lambrusco because we stepped back from that level of market. But we couldn't even play the championship of uh, Italian wine in general because we we were not even considered uh, a wine producer years and years ago uh, because we were producing uh, drinkability, um, food-friendly wine and sparkling. So it's been tough, Stevie. It's been very, very and, tough. But so do you the pandemic s- right. was a who's your, who's your importer? Who's your importer Sorry. in um, stateside? Uh, in America? Weinbow. A Weinbow, okay. Weinbow. Put my, myself in a, in a plane and as uh, Susanna said, I try to, to divulgate uh, the new face of through me, through my family, through our idea, through our story. I met... Uh, friends, not just people, not just uh, um, colleagues, but people that really believe in our project. And uh, I didn't make anything by myself, but together with and 
apparently we are do it. Okay, well, we certainly will do whatever we can to, um, you know, help you and promote your your wines. Um, I think we can safely Thank say you. that. Laika, who is our clubhouse manager, backstage manager, um, is on stage. Laika, I know you were looking for a house yes, with your no, husband-to-be. I just arrived now here in Modena, so no! I really look forward to seeing... Yeah, I, and I you mean... You are welcoming Correggio. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I'll definitely go there. Well, uh, oh, okay, so here's my question. Um, Susanna mentioned that... Um, you have you have another discipline before you became a winemaker. Is that right? So how did how did that help you in um, in in in, do, in doing wine? I mean, like how did this discipline allow you? Uh, okay, I'm not. I don't know. I think that I studied ballet for 12 years, so mm-hmm. I just got my final diploma. I'm a classic ballerina, but I was really young and I didn't realize uh, (laughs) what what I was doing every day. I think that the passion just uh, um, makes everything very lighter uh, compared to the real sacrifice that me and my family, uh, we made it. And uh, what I learned, the discipline, uh, you know, how to be focused, uh, how to be constant, uh, consistent, um, that you can obtain uh, what you want uh, if you if you are focused. Uh, this you know this mechanism, uh, but mm, from heart and uh, not from uh, from heart, not in in, in Italian, say like a uh, memory. No, uh, from uh, yeah, from I think that this is really helped me in life. Uh, yes, and then I went abroad. Uh, I started took my bachelor and my master degree in UK, and when I come back. Uh, my dad, um, I want to stay in UK and take my PhD, but my dad asked me to come back, to force me to come back, basically, <laughs> and uh, say, Alicia, I need you. You know, the family need a new generation to have a light. Um, and they say, you have to come. If you like it, you stay. If you don't like it, you, you, you fly back. And I like it, and I try to stay. This is the little story. That's very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Listen, um, Susanna, do you have any other questions? Otherwise, I think I'm going to close no, up the just, room. That sounds great. Thank you so much for uh, joining and dedicating all this time to us. It's been really great uh, to share this conversation with you, Alicia, uh, about your wines. And uh, I know you have three daughters, so I'm sure there are people waiting for you. Alicia, um, how can we, where can we find you? Um, have you got a separate like handle for your Instagram or? Yes, I'm on Instagram. You can write me there on on Facebook, and my email is Alicia uh, Chiocciola Lini, as my family name nine one zero nineteen ten Alicia Chiocciola Lini Fantastic. So we'll be looking forward to writing to you and torturing you with many more questions and can wait. Yes. And, and, and sharing a glass together. Thank you so much. Super interesting. Thank you, Susanna. And don't forget to come back you guys next week. It's Tanya morning. Um, Tanya morning star darling. This is really her name. It 
drives me nuts. Um, she will be interviewing um, Donatella Cinelli Colombini back to the Thursday slot, 8 p.m. And that's a wrap. Ciao, ragazzi. Buon appetito. Aloy. Ciao, ciao, ciao. 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 Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin. everybody italian wine podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year and we all love the great content they put out every day chin chin with italian wine people has become a big part of our day and the team in verona needs to feel our love producing the show is not easy folks hurting all those hosts getting the interviews dropping the clubhouse recordings not to mention editing all the material let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs head to italianwinepodcast.com and click donate to show your love